Hi, my name is Ava. This is your Truth for Your Twenties podcast with your host, Katie Bormer, my mom. Enjoy listening. Hey, one of the questions I get often from my 20-year-old friends is, how do you write a book? How do you become a speaker? How do you chase big dreams? And, And I love this question because I definitely, I don't feel like I'm an expert in it, but I've definitely learned a lot along the way. I think the foundation basically to this question really is like, how do I become brave? Because what I see when I get this question is a girl who has a passion or has a voice or has some kind of message that she wants to get out there in the world. But how do you put yourself out there? How do you get a following? How do you publish a book like the the tactical side of all of that kind of stuff? But really what she's asking is how do you find your inner brave? My name is Katie Bulmer, a former heartbroken and hungover sorority girl. After I stopped looking for love in all the wrong fraternity boys, God blessed me with a husband who shows Christ's love to me every single day. We are parents of two daughters and thousands of others nationwide, and my heart behind everything I do is to give you truths. The world is screaming at you a bunch of lies, and I don't want you to hear those loud voices. I want you to hear the true voices. Grab your earbuds, grab a chai tea, and let's talk about some truth for your 20s. One of the joys of having a podcast is to be able to introduce my friends with my other friends, just incredible people meeting incredible people. And today is such a wonderful opportunity to introduce to you my friend, Chloe. Chloe is just an all-around incredible person. She is 24 years old, has a podcast, is working on a book. But what I love about her most is just her incredible just gift of encouragement. And you're going to see that as we talk. But we're kind of just going to hit the ground running and talk about all the fun things. So Chloe, why don't you go ahead and say hello and introduce yourself? Hey, everybody. Thank you so much, Katie, for having me on Truth For Your 20s. I have been listening since the get-go, and I want to take the first few seconds, and don't you dare edit this out. Please don't, okay? So to those of you who are listening, and I don't know how you came to know Katie or Truth For Your 20s or Sorority Girls Can Change the World, but I just want to tell you that do not leave her leadership. She is absolutely doing amazing things from the kingdom. And she is has such a heart for the people um, on the other side of this. You know, those of you who are listening, if you have read her book, which all of you should do, mm-hmm. um, she is the real deal. She's so genuine and um, she has so much wisdom to share. And I just truly just cannot, I cannot get enough of you, Katie, seriously in my life. And I've learned so much from not only just like what you are teaching and showcasing by being a good mom, being a good wife, being a good friend, um, but also just you, you have such a hard work ethic that it's like untouchable. Seriously, I, I feel like I can message you at any time and you always respond, which I feel like is so crazy. But you, I, I'm serious, like you are a go-getter. And I think that we need more people like that who, when they hear from the Lord and they're supposed to do something that they just go for it. And so I just want to say like a like standing ovation to you, honestly, for all that you're doing. And so to those listening, like do not leave, do not leave her leadership. She is amazing. Oh. 
So you're so kind. Well, oh, I wiping, mean it. wiping yeah. the tears. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it with all my heart. And so I knew I wanted to say that within the first minute because um, I don't know if the, how long they'll listen to me talk, <laughs> but I wanted them to know that they need to stay. Well, they need to stay and listen to you too, because you, I could say all the things about you. I mean, you're 24 years old, have a degree, you're chasing amazing big things. And I just want to talk about all of it because you started your podcast, what, three years ago? Yeah, 2018. I started it then and it felt like a huge jump um, because I didn't know what I was doing. I would just look up YouTube videos, but I always have had this like journalism spirit of just like I don't have a great story, but I know other people do. And so if I can just share that with everyone else and point them in the direction of people like you, you know, who are doing incredible things, I just, I kind of have always had that, like that everyone has a story and I really want to hear it. I, I wouldn't know we had some comment, first of all, about the podcast. So my very first blog was called Imperfect People in Love with a Perfect God. Yeah. And um, the whole idea with it was the same as your podcast. Like I just heard people and their incredible stories and I was like, you know, I always thought that you had to have the Bible memorized to be a good leader, or you had to like, I don't know, go to seminary. But then I realized in the Bible, it wasn't anyone who who understood all of that stuff. And it was usually the people like the most unlikely. And it was like, all I know is I was blind and now I see. And Absolutely. Like, all we have to know is our story. And so it just became a platform for people to share their stories. And But it was so, I d- definitely didn't have a niche. I mean, I would talk to like a 15-year-old boy and then a 32-year-old mom. And like I had everyone, you know, all kinds of different people. So I was, I'm thankful that I got to listen to so many people's cool stories, but I, um, I kind of had an aha moment. Like one year we were doing new year's resolution stuff and my husband, it was like, what do you want to signify your life? And I'm like, well, college ministry, duh. I love college students. Yeah. And my husband's like, you know, he's genuine about it, but like, well, what in your life even shows that? I'm like, oh shoot. Like it was true. My, my blog was like very vague and I was doing college small groups, but I mean, outside of that one night a week, I wasn't like putting a lot of time into it or anything. So anyway, that was, I was just thinking that's interesting that we both kind of started like, I don't know anything except that stories are powerful and I just want to provide a platform to share those stories. So that's super cool. So you mentioned like, I think that it's kind of vague when it says God spoke to me or I had God's vision. Like, what does that mean to you? Okay. So honestly, this is something that I'm really passionate about. So I, growing up, like I went to a very conservative kind of church. I don't know if that's the best way to explain it. Love them to death. I do feel like there was maybe something missing in um, how I was taught to like hear from God that like, you know, when you read the Bible, it says, you know, like God spoke to Moses and, you know, God spoke to Mary and you hear all of these things. And so I don't feel like I heard and had anyone kind of teach me like the practice of being still and listening to God. So I credit that all to my friend, Tracy Shinnick. I went through her Bible study. It actually taught me how to, you know, sit down and you can ask God questions like through journaling, you know, just, I would ask him like, what is on your heart for me today? Either he would answer that through speaking through other people, but mainly like I would just sit down and um, I would start writing and then, you know, my pen would kind of take over where he would just say things, say things to me. And I think that that's something that people can maybe be uncomfortable with. You know, he would, he would say things like, you know, Coley, like, I just want to tell you, number one, that I love you, you know, and I was going through a lot of insecurity and figuring out 
you know, exactly like what the heck I was doing with this and um, just other things like healing from like childhood experiences that I had. And so every time he he would just speak so clearly to me. And I, I mentioned that some people can be uncomfortable with that because I think that um, that is, it seems so like out of this world, you know, like the, the God of the universe would like take time to be that specific with you, but that's the God we serve. And along with that, I think that's why we have to be so in the word, like we have to be in the word because when we're listening to God, like the enemy also likes to, you know, speak things to us that are untrue and complete lies. And so it's like, you know, studying like counterfeit money. And I think you maybe have even talked about this on your podcast before where you have to like you, the people who study like money, they have to study that they study the real deal because there's so many fakes out there that if you don't know the real deal, then, you know, what's there to compare it to. By the time you hear this podcast, my book, Baby, will be out into the world. The relaunch of my book, Sorority Girls Can Change the World, happens March 10th. Is this a new book? No, it is the relaunch of my previous book. And I'm doing this because I'm such a believer in imperfect action is better than no action. So as we're going to talk about today in this very podcast, I wrote this book with a passion and with a drive and I had help, but I honestly had zero clue what I was doing. But that imperfect action led me to speaking events, led me to this podcast, led me to everything I'm doing now. I have learned so much in the past three years on this journey. Looking back on those pages that I wrote three years ago, I knew there was more I could add. There was more stories I've learned along the way, and I just wanted to make it better. I went through the several month long process of edits and re-edits and, oh, y'all, I am not detail oriented. (laughs) But we went through it all, and I'm so proud of the final product in the new and improved book that this has become. I am still giving these words away for free on my website, a free digital download at katiebulmer.life. But if you prefer the paper copy, they are available on Amazon and also on my website. I offer the ability to do bulk orders. So a lot of people like to order them in bulk for new member classes, for graduating seniors, for big little gifts, whatever the case may be, I want to give you a discount if you order them in bulk. And mostly I just want to share these words with you. This is my passion. This is a coffee date, you and me sharing how 15 years of marketing experience, meanwhile, also having 15 years of mentoring college women experience led me to see the $100 million power of influence sorority women have over the marketplace, yet how they don't see that in the mirror, how I can unlock and see something you can't see within yourself. I wrote about how sorority women can and should make an impact on their campus, in their community, with the positive trend-setting power that they possess, and everyone's favorite, changing the dating world. Can I get an amen? We are going to have so much fun. I would love to share these words with you. Check it out on Amazon or katiebulmer.life. You work with college high school students as well, right? Yes, I am a small group leader. Well, I definitely love this age group too. And I I just want to talk about finding your brave, I guess is what I want to call it. Because what I meet is a lot of incredible women with big dreams. Like I want to write a book. I want to start a podcast. I want to change the world, all kinds of incredible dreams. And then you hear the, but I'm not experienced enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm too young. I'm too old, like blah, 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 blah. And I have a lot to say about that, <laughs> but I'm curious, first of all, if you see that as well with your, your girls. 
Oh, yeah. The first thing that really shocked me, and I I know that I shouldn't be shocked because I'm like, I was a teenager once. Like, I remember going through that, but just the insecurities that they have that they're, that they think like their story isn't special. Like, I hope my friend, I hope my friend doesn't mind that I share this. I won't, I won't say her name, but I remember her sharing that she had been invited to church through someone giving her a, a Chick-fil-A gift card was like, hey, we're from this church. Here's a free Chick-fil-A gift card. And I remember her sitting on my couch crying because she thought that her story wasn't special. And we're like, are you kidding me? That is so cool. God loves to work through Chick-fil-A gift cards. And that is so relatable. And, you know, I think that they have a secure insecurity about like, you know, their appearance, about their self-worth, about their story specifically that they think that they don't have a testimony and they absolutely do. And then I do believe that God's placed these big plans in front of them and they need permission to walk in them and to know that he can do the impossible. I have another girl in my group who she absolutely adores true crime. And so she's studying like uh, criminal justice, though we can't see it right now. And she's being faithful and studying, you know, and like God's going to fulfill that, that calling that you have on your life to be, you know, justice driven, and you're going to make a difference in this world, whether whatever that looks like. God doesn't place those things in our heart for them to die. Though they can't see it right now, just be faithful, keep studying, keep going to class. You know, everyone's just so uniquely equipped for their own calling. And everyone, there's not a single person who says, oh, I woke up on a Tuesday and I decided to, I don't know, like build a business and like, you know, like all these things take time and they're gradual and there's those little seeds planted and it's just, it's a gradual thing. And I feel like it's such, it's so frustrating when I see, you know, these incredible women who have that voice and that passion inside of them, but it's squashed out by fear. And yeah. yeah, And so I just think you jumped out not knowing what you were doing. Uh, And I guess I did too with this podcast and like, that's how it works. You just jump out, not knowing what you're doing and you figure it out. And imperfect action is better than no action. Come on with that, Katie. Yes. Yes. Right. And so actually I'm going through the process of re-edits of my book right now. I'm so proud that I put my book out there before it was perfect because that has been my like trampoline to do everything that I'm doing now for the speaking opportunities and the podcast and everything. But I look back now and I'm like, oh my gosh, this paragraph is horrible. I totally could have reworded this better. And I'm going through it now. I'm making it better. But if I wouldn't have put it out there first three years ago, I would be doing nothing that I'm doing now. So I just want to encourage people to start imperfectly, but you have to start because that's the only way to get anything moving. Yeah. And I mean, you are the perfect example of that. I remember hearing the conversation that you had with Stephanie Mae Wilson on your way to Georgia Southern and you saying like how you didn't feel like you had a story to share. And she was encouraging you saying, you absolutely have a story to share. Like it's the same gospel. Like the gospel is very simple and it's the same encouragement for, you know, any group of, you know, women that, you know, you can do brave things. You are beautiful. And basically like get after it. Life is short. Life is so short. Why would we let fear step in the way? And you received all of that from Stephanie, which, you know, props to Stephanie because that's her like running in her lane, encouraging people and she's getting after it and doing incredible things. And then you received that. And then look at all of the women and I dare to say even like young men, because they're going to meet those girls and they're going to have their lives changed by the example that they're setting. So I think that you are the perfect example of that, that you just, you said yes. And I love that you put your book out that even if it was unperfect, 
I was just going to unpack it in case people don't know about that episode. But yeah, Stephanie Mae Wilson, if you don't follow her, go fix that immediately. But she definitely, I always say, like, unlock something inside of me because we booked her to come speak at Georgia Southern University. And she was doing all the things that I wanted to mm-hmm. do that I'm doing now, but I wasn't doing at the time. And and I, at the time, I would tell myself, like, well, someone else is already doing that. And she's doing that. And she's doing it well. And, you know, Jordan Lee is, is helping college women and they're all killing it and they're all doing great. But what Stephanie basically told me was like, there's room for you too. And that was like, uh like I just didn't think about it. And, and it was so powerful too, because you could technically say we're competition, but that's crazy because we come from different backgrounds. We have different uh, messages. We have different voices and different ways of saying things. And I might relate to someone differently than Stephanie would. And there are there are not enough positive voices. There are 7 million negative voices. So if I always say, if girls, like I have girls who tell me I want to do, they want to do what I'm doing. I'm like, I'll help you. I'll put my arm around you. Let's go. Like it is not competition. Come on. I will, yeah. I will walk you through this. So yeah, a hundred percent. There's room for everyone. If you have a positive voice, the world needs it. So get after it for sure. Oh, absolutely. There's always a seat at the table because I don't serve a God of scarcity. You know, <laughs> like he's like, like heavens, heaven is open with tons of opportunities. And I think so what? Like, so what if you're, if there's other people who are going after almost the exact same parallel message than as us, there'll be enough people who are speaking life. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I always say like Burger King didn't stop because McDonald's existed. Oh, yeah. You didn't stop because Coke existed. Yeah. And think of all the millions of dollars that wouldn't be had had they just said, oh, well, those already exist. I guess I'll just be quiet over here. Like, whatever. Yeah. You know, just to, yeah. to be honest, like it just takes it takes work. But at the yeah. same time, you know, I know what needs to be done and I'm going to do it because, you know, I, I, that's what God's called me to do. And I want to be obedient. And like, clearly you're doing that as well. Like to write a book, like that's incredible. I have such mad respect. Okay. Well, let's talk about that. <laughs> Cause I know that you are in the midst of writing a book. Yes. I started writing it this summer and when I was journaling about it and just, you know, felt like this was something that I couldn't run away from. Um, I felt like the Lord speak to me that, you know, this is something that was going to heal me from the inside out. And I was like, okay, that's where I'm at. So if you have any encouragement for me, <laughs> since you are the pro, I- I'm not um, a pro. Well, maybe we can use the next few minutes and just kind of like ask questions. Cause I know a lot of girls listening, like are interested in how to write a book and what that looks like. So I know you're kind of like already in the process, but what frustrates me is when I listen to people who have, have books and they say fancy things like, I have to talk with my literary agent and I have a deadline with my publisher. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means. And so I just want to be as authentic and like break this down into third grade terms as much as possible. What does it even mean to write a book? And the good news is it's way more attainable than it used to be. So do you want to just dive into the way I did it to kind of help you figure it out a little bit? Katie, I honestly, even outside the podcast, have been meaning to talk with you about this. So please just dive okay. in and I would love to hear any of it. And I'll chime in if you want me to, but if not, I'm just ready to receive. <laughs> I think, first of all, there's a misconception. Like a lot of people think that these words fall from heaven and they magically like go into your keyboard and you're just like divinely write this book. But in reality, 
I would say it's more like the gym. Like it is, there's days that you show up when you don't want to, there's days that it's hard. It is, it's a discipline and it's, it's a job. I mean, it's a work to write a book. I mean, of course there's joy in it. And as you talked about, like it is definitely a healing process as well, but it's a job and it's also something that you can be proud of. So my best example is like going to the gym. So there's a lot of different ways, obviously, I'm sure if you ask 10 authors, you're going to get 10 different answers, but all I know is my story. So I'm just going to share with you guys as honest as possible, my journey. As I was preparing for this podcast, I was trying to think of like, where was the genesis of where my book came to be? And there's so many, what was this point? But then this happened before that. And to be honest, everyone who writes a book, their book has been written from the day they were born. And sometimes even before that, all of your life experiences, we all write what we know. Everything that we experience in life becomes part of what we write. And so that was definitely the case for me. Um, My parents got divorced when I was eight. We moved several times. It wasn't like, you know, this tragic childhood or anything, but all of those kind of became pieces of my later story. I went to Georgia Southern University, go Eagles. I did not go through sorority recruitment. Like sorority was not even on my radar. I'd like to point that part out because people are like, you're a speaker to sorority women. You must have always loved sorority stuff. No, <laughs> I, I wasn't even like, my mom was a sorority girl, but we didn't even talk about it. Like, I didn't even sign up for Rush. It was it was something I didn't even think about, but I got a snap bid. These girls showed up at my door with like balloons and clapping and, hey, do you want to be a part of our sorority. And I was like, I don't even know what this means. I actually told them no. Uh, But obviously, my later big sister came back and convinced me to be a part of this. And all of that happening was part of the the story that I am living today, the, the story that I wrote out, the keynote that I give, all of that is part of what I'm doing today. But I would say that the genesis of me becoming an author started when my husband lost his job at our church. He was a youth pastor for the first eight years of our marriage. And one day he comes home and he says, the pastor has decided to let everyone go. This was actually over the course of several months. So first it was like the music minister and then the children's minister. And he decided to let Brian go, but it was this weird, I'm deciding to let you go, but I don't want you to say anything about it for two months. We found out later, the pastor actually had brain tumors. So I think it just kind of, there was some paranoia going on, just some weird stuff going on. But what it led us to was just this hard, hard season of life. Because basically I was a stay-at-home mom at this time and we're being told that my husband's losing his job, which means his income. And this is a church job. And when your husband works at a church, that's like your world. That's your friends. That's your family. That's that's everything. And so I'm being told for two months, I have to go to small group with my friends and can't tell anyone the biggest stressor in my life is happening. I'm told to go to church and hang out with my friends and not tell them that my world is falling apart. I didn't know if we were moving, yeah. you know, what our income would be. If I needed to find a job, there were so many variables. And of course, I was really stressed about all of this. But I'm being told I can't tell anyone. Like, excuse you. How <laughs> you can't tell me I can't tell anyone. But the Katie then was much more compliant. So I didn't tell anyone, but I did start blogging. This was about eight years ago. I started blogging. I did not say anything about what was going on, but I had to say something. And I think that that was the genesis of me finding my voice. But I just started writing and my, I guess my first so to speak, part of the book was I just wrote a blog post about why I believe sorority girls can change the world. Uh, It turned out girls like that blog post, (laughs) but that was just kind of like my, 
my passions all wrapped up into one post. Like that, that was like years in the making with my marketing background. And it kind of had this like breakdown in the closet, which I've shared several times on different podcasts and everything. But I came to this point where I wrote this blog post about why I believe sorority girls can change the world. It was a really popular post. And I knew that I had a lot more to say about that. And around this time, we went to a conference called From Dream to Do. Shout out to Kent Julian. That conference is in Atlanta. But I met a lot of other speakers and authors at this conference. And it was like, it was so cool just obviously to meet other people who have been there. But what they told me, it was like, gone are the days of submitting, you know, 20 query letters to publishers and getting rejected 20 times. Now it is so much more attainable to do self-publishing through Amazon. And I was like, I don't know what that means. And they told me that, especially with my marketing background and especially with, you know, at the time I had like no social media following, I had never written a book before that to do self-publishing was the way to go. Now, let me, um, the difference is if you go through a traditional publisher, they obviously help a lot. They help with distribution. They help get the press out. They help do a lot of work and stuff, help with marketing. However, they also take a portion of the proceeds. So if you are know enough about social media and it already goes through Amazon, you could do self-publish through Amazon. It used to be called Create Space, and now it's called Kindle Direct Publishing. But basically... You write the manuscript, you can write it in a Word document, you can write it in like pages or whatever. And now as far as layout, there's different ways you can do it layout. Like you now sometimes they have like the cute little quotes pulled out in different books and stuff like that. Yeah. That is something, I mean, if you know how to do it, I guess go for it. But I paid someone on Fiverr, F-I-V-V-E-R. Have you heard of that? Yeah. Okay. I just paid someone on Fiverr to like do that. And it's just a freelance job. It's very affordable. So you have to have the manuscript, you have to have it edited. Thankfully, when I first started this, I had a college student who was a writing major and she offered to edit my book for me for experience, which was incredible. And she did a great job. Like she took my manuscript to her professors and was like going through everything. So I definitely had a lot of help. So um, that I, you have to pay for an editor or either have a wonderful person who's willing and able to do it for you and maybe some layout. So that's kind of like to have the meat of the book. And then once you have the meat of the book, you can upload that to Amazon. Now, the other part is getting a cover. Um, again, I had some wonderful help. I have a sorority friend at the, at the time. She's graduated now, but Ashlyn Kathy photo, shout out to her. She's incredible. She took these pictures of some of her sisters and it's actually way before the book was even an idea. But I saw the that cover, the picture that I have on the cover of my book on her Instagram. And I was like, OMG, I have to, this, this picture is incredible. And she graciously let me use that picture for the cover of my book. And then I also had a graphic design student help me lay out like the, the way the text is and all that kind of stuff. So I had help, but if you don't have any help, you would just get a freelance or someone on Fiverr to do, you just need um, do graphic designer to lay it out and perhaps an image. All of that can be fine on freelance through Fiverr or another method that you know. And then you upload all of that to Amazon is called Kindle Direct Publishing, and they give you a virtual proof. So in a few days, um, actually, I think it's even less than that, maybe like 24 hours, you see a virtual proof of what your book will look like, and then you can order. An- wow, that quick. Yeah, well, and I mean, don't quote me on that. Like, it might take a little bit longer, but it is really fast. Um, and then you can order a paper proof, and so it like comes into you, to you in the mail. And let me tell you, that's a magical day when you get to hold this baby that you have spent so much time making comes to you in the mail. And then that's your proof copy. And once that's approved, you can hit 
published on Amazon and it's live on Amazon. People can buy it. And that does take about a week, I think. And then you can order author copies. So you can order at cost uh, copies of your book and then you can sell them in person or however you could you set the price, whatever you want to do. They'll make suggestions of what you should set your price to, but um, you can sell them, you know, however, like I sell them when I go to speaking events and stuff like that. Yeah. But it just makes it so much more attainable for the regular person to become an author. And I think that it also takes the, you know, we like to think that authors are somehow cooler or have stuff figured out, but they're just regular people. And thanks to, uh, it used to be called Create Space, but uh, Kindle Direct Publishing, regular people can become authors. So any questions about all of that? Oh my gosh. Well, it sounds like you have worked your butt off. I honestly just applaud you for all of your hard work and doing the research. And I'm so grateful for people like you who have done that. So that way I can like look at my next steps where I'm at right now. I just want to know how did you make time to write? And also, did you focus on a word count? Or I was even talking with my friend, Courtney Hope Wilson, who also has wrote a devotional and she did um, Amazon publishing. She was talking to me about how like between 30,000 to 50,000, although it varies. I mean, is that a myth? Like, what do you think about that? I'm carving out time during my week and setting days aside where make time to sit and write. And what do I even do there? Yeah, that's okay. Um, Yeah, I used to think that I had to have like two or three hours carved out, which was just insane. And especially like as a mom, I, I never had two or three hours. So I found magic in the half an hour blocks. I would just like, I would put the kids to bed and I would just knock out 30 minutes of writing in the evening or 30 minutes of writing sometimes before I pick them up from school. And that, I, I don't know, it just worked better for me to do small blocks like that. I mean, if you have extra time and can do like an hour at a time, just random thoughts I've heard from different productivity hacks that if you do have several hours, like I would do maybe 50 minutes and then take a 10 to 15 minute break and then do another 50 minutes. Um, I'm saying 5-0, not 15. I know sometimes that's hard to tell. (laughs) So I would say that's how you found the time. And then you asked another question about... Just a word count. Is that a real thing? I mean, I have not heard that. The The glorious thing about the Kindle Direct Publishing is there really is no rules. I mean, we have a author friend who created this book for for high school students. He's a speaker to high school students. And it's just like thinking props and journaling prompts. So it's like a sentence or two and then three pages to take notes and then a sentence or two and three pages to take notes. So it's definitely not 30,000 words, but he sells the mess out of those. So Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that Another thing to, you know, I know you don't think this way, but maybe someone listening thinks like, oh, well, if I have a book, that's my ticket to fame and fortune. Like, (laughs) that's not the truth either. That um, a book is more so almost like your business card. When I had this book, people were like, oh, well, can you come speak to our sorority? And I'm like, uh, sure I can. And because of that, I learned to become a speaker and I, you know, practiced and learned what that even means to be a speaker. But I guarantee you, you know, in those rooms of sorority girls, not even shoot a quarter of them have read or will even will read my book, but that's okay. Because now that I have this book, you, whether you want to or not, you kind of become an expert on the subject. And it is a blessing because actually as you researching and as you're writing it, you do learn a lot about what you're writing about. And Mm -hmm. yeah, it's just a gift to be able to be, 
you know, people look at you as expert on it, whether you feel like you are or not, I don't know. But yeah, it's just kind of like a platform, a business card, whatever you want to call it to help you launch your career or launch something you're passionate about. But I definitely, it's definitely, you know, unless you're JK Rowling, it's not a ticket to. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I have another question for you. Um, How do you tell the story and be as truthful as you can, because I kind of am writing from the rawness of, you know, real events that happened in my life. How do you do that and also protect the names of people? You know? Yeah. How do I do that? Because that's another thing. And also, again, along with that question of trying to protect, do I let them read it and say, this may not be how you experience this, but this sure as heck is what I went through and this, and you know, this is not to say I don't love you, but this is, this is my truth. Granted, I do talk about an ex-boyfriend in there and I'm definitely not going to ask him, you know, cause yeah. I just am so cut off from him. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm dealing with that a little bit. I'm, I'm wanting to write another book and it's definitely like, it's on the computer one day, you know, it's, it'll happen. But uh, yeah, talking about old boyfriends and stuff like that, that I would never like, Hey, how do you feel about this? How I've told this story from our freshman year in college, like, that's definitely gonna not gonna happen. I actually talked to two people about this Tyndall Baldwin, who wrote popular, she's incredible. And she said that, just change the name. And, you know, it is your truth. It is maybe not be how they felt it. But maybe that's an example, especially of the ex-boyfriend or something. If it's people you still do life with, Annie F. Downs talked about this on her podcast. And she said that you can do this before the manuscript is even final, but you could just like that section that's about them. You can just send it to them and be like, this is how it felt to me. Do you feel like whether that felt the same way to you or not, like, do you feel comfortable with this? And depending on your level of a relationship, whether, you know, I don't know, like sometimes you do want to hear their part and you do want to be respectful. Sometimes it's like, this is how I felt. I don't even think that there's anything that can be changed about that. And it developed who you are, painful or not, like it developed who you are and it developed your story. So, you know, just being sensitive about, how you would word that, but I think it's okay to send them just a part of that manuscript. Like, this is how I felt. Is this okay to share? But I don't know that you have to ask a lot of permission. Like I would, yeah, it's your story and you're the one brave enough to write it. So, I mean, you don't have to, unless it's like, I don't know, your best friend, your husband, something like that, you might want to run over it with for sure. But yeah. And it's nothing like that, but it also is just me. I, this is my first time doing this. And so I think about when it's, I see that book sitting in someone's shelf or hopefully it's on their coffee table or something, you know, (laughs) I believe they're reading it. Um, You know, I think like it's out there. And so I don't want to have any regrets. You know, I think you can share what happened, even the pain and the yuck and everything, but also like, I want to do it and be classy about it Uh and be tasteful, do it the loving way. And so, yeah, I appreciate you saying that. And I remember Annie F. Downs talking about that too, about how she sent part of the pieces that, and I think I will do that, especially if there's many people who came into my life and spoke specific things over me. And I kind of even want them to know that you, you changed my life and you told me that, you know, and you played a huge role during that season that I don't know if I would have come out of that if you hadn't taken that moment to be like, you know, Coley, we, we, we love you and we see this in you. So that's a great idea. I'm definitely, I remember her talking about that and I think I'm definitely going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so powerful too. And like, there were some positive things that I shared. And then when the fact that someone spoke life over you and now it's in a published manuscript, like that's such a powerful yeah. thing to share with other people. So yeah, for sure. Let them, let them know about that. That's awesome. 
words truly do matter. And, you know, you're absolutely like the carrier of that, you know, that you, words do matter and just you know, you visiting all of the college campuses. And I remember how you have shared how that there'll be several girls who just start crying, like in the middle of your speaking or like, you have no idea like what that meant to me. And so words, they do matter. Words matter for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to see your words in a published manuscript. So to this, I mean, like everyone's voice totally matters. And whether that's through podcasting or blogging or Instagram captions, like I've been touring a girl one time who for like two years wanted to do this Instagram account, like with just kind of inspirational tidbits and never did it. And I'm sure it was fear and I'm not good enough and blah, blah, blah. But like, just, just start, like start imperfectly and start not knowing what you're doing. And that's how you learn. John Maxwell, who wrote a million books on leadership says, the way you do everything is you try, you learn, you fail, you try again. And so like, just I don't know, just start. Maybe that's my Enneagram three in me, but like you just have to start. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Enneagram. I feel like threes push me. For example, like I've been, you know, under your leadership and learning. Okay. Like, let's get this, you know, I don't know if I would have felt, you know, brave enough if to do this, if it weren't for you and people like Courtney Hope Wilson and Annie F. Downs and, you know, Stephanie Mae Wilson and all these, all these amazing people. So like, I'm grateful, but at the same time, I'm like, man, I just, I just love you guys so much, but please just chill out. (laughs) Okay. What Enneagram number are you? I'm a seven. And so I'm all about people getting together. And um, it's been really hard writing a book and being in pain. But like, I've just had days sometimes where like, especially like during some of the hard chapters that I'm writing, like my husband, Chris has come home and I just am like, I'm so sorry, but I like, I am not feeling it. Like I wrote my, my heart out today and I had to be in pain for a very long time today. And so just like, just be patient with me tonight, you know, cause I am not feeling like my, my best self and I'm definitely not like, you know, bubbly coley tonight. So, well, yeah, I just want to point out to like the girl listening who is interested in writing a book. Maybe it is like you said, just for the process, because Anne Lamont, who is a famous writer and writes a lot of books on writing, she says that the, the gift of writing is just the, the gift of doing it. Like the part it's really therapy and going through that process is such just a gift to yourself. And whether that book sells a million copies or not, like it sold a copy to you and it, it really is worth the process. So I would just encourage you to start writing and see what happens. Absolutely. Could not agree more. Another Anne Lamont quote, since I'm an Anne Lamont fan, she says very, this is sitting on my vision board actually right above my desk, but it says very few writers know what they're doing until they've done it. That's good. I think that from our greatest pain can be the places where God wants to use us most. And I, if you do feel like God's put some big dreams on your heart and he wants you to step out in bravery. I would honestly, it's scary to say like my Enneagram seven is like, Oh, that's going to be so hard, but it's so worth it. Revisit the places that have hurt you most. Well, this has been so fun. Thank you so much for just talking about all the things. I feel like the girls listening are going to hopefully just enjoy. We basically just had a coffee date and like they got to hang out with us. <laughs> I'm telling you, you are such a hero to me that I, when you asked me to do this, I was so excited and I'm so grateful. And so anytime that I can have a conversation with you and like all of the things, even that you just shared in this conversation, just pure gold. Well, you too. And you guys know why I love her so much. She's like queen encourager. Like if I'm having a bad day, I'm like, let me just call you and you just like speak life over me. You're just so sweet. Well, you put me on to Voxer. And so Voxer's like pretty legit. Like I love it. it. Yes, you're the Voxer queen. It makes it really easy to talk to you. So I'm really grateful. 
for that. Yes. Get Voxer, guys. It's the funnest app. Um, yes. Anyway, well, thank you so much just for hanging out, for talking, encouraging my young friends and being such a light in the world. And I'm just so thankful for you. Oh, my goodness. Again, like all of that just in return to you, Katie. And again, guys, like just stick with Truth for Your 20s. Sorority girls can change the world. Stick with my friend KB. She is doing great things. Hey, if you made it to the end of this podcast, that means we spent like 30 or 45 minutes together. That basically means we're best friends. And best friends need to help each other out. So sister, I would love if you take a screenshot of this episode, put it out there on social media and tag me at Katie Bulmer Life because I would love to thank you, give you a virtual hug and make this friendship official. You sharing it with your friends are the reason this podcast is growing. You are the people who are helping it and I'm so freaking thankful for you. Thanks for tuning in today, guys. I hope that you gain some truth for your 20s. Hey, my name is Hannah Boomer. Thanks for listening to my mom's podcast. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and our work here is done.